Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We are your home for everything and anything Flyers related. Anything. You got it. Katie, we, we got, got it. it. We got to play a full 60 <laughs> minutes tonight. Full 60. First and that foremost, I have my coffee. I have my coffee. Um, cheers, cheers, in a way. But I want to know what you get every time. You always get these smaller cups. Are you just kind of like a one cup a day kind of guy? No, definitely definitely more than one cup. I, I can't lie. Um, I typically go like 16 ounce at Wawa. Um, Whoa! Yes. <laughs> um, but I definitely 16. have have some when I wake up, and then I definitely need some in the afternoon. Sugar, um, cream, sugar. I don't. I don't. I just do uh, coffee and like a little bit of milk. I cut out sugar. Good for just you. Just trying to be healthy. What you about know, you? Though? I'm the same. I actually have never. I don't put sugar yeah. or cream or anything in my coffee. I'm a straight black. Straight black coffee drinker. Yeah, and I get that look just anytime I order it, and they're like, "Any room?" And I'm like, "No, just, just." Give me just, everything. Just give me Every the, single bit of caffeine you got, just put it in my like, cup right now. Did that take a little while to get used to? Like, not, um, no one really just goes straight black, like, right? Honestly, no. You just, yeah. Sometimes it bites a little bit. You're just yeah. going to be like, oh. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, it's a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. That's a cup of coffee. All right. I promise you guys we're, we're here to talk hockey. Absolutely. One of my other loves is coffee, too. Hockey, coffee. That, does that rhyme? Yeah, it's... it's it anyway. rhymes for me. Anyway, we have our coffee, so we're ready. Sure. It's uh, It's been a good, unofficial second half start to the season for the Flyers. Would you agree? I mean, we're seeing sort of, I would say, a different, especially road team from the Flyers as of late. Mm-hmm. But what have your impressions been of this team so far? Yeah, uh, Katie, they've earned uh, points in all three games out of the break. Uh, so I think that's a huge positive. Points in five straight games, too. Which yeah. Is, um, so, no, that, I think they've come out and they've done – um, what I think we and as and I think they've done what fans have hoped they would do. Yeah. Uh, played the Penguins tough, got a point in Pittsburgh, uh, and then took care of business uh, the next two games. Um, and the big thing was they went to Detroit and uh, didn't lay an egg. I think all Flyers fans were um, a little worried that they would go up to Detroit and uh, not, you know, play like a contender, you know, play, play down, down to, to the level. competition. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they didn't. And so to their credit, they looked like a contender up there. Uh, they left no doubt. Um, and I think that was a real positive. Um, so I think so far, so good. Uh, three games, uh, points in all of them. Uh, and right now, uh, going into um, going into today, Katie, they are holding a playoff spot. And uh, they're technically tied for third in the division. Obviously, tiebreakers, they are not third. Uh, but they are they have the same amount of points as the Blue Jackets going in today. So 
Uh, I think the Flyers will absolutely take where they are. And something, too, we hear these players, especially Kevin Hayes after last night's game, you can't be messing around. Like, you can't even go to Detroit. Like, oh, it's okay, we'll get them next time. Had they lost uh, against Detroit, um, you you can't just lose any of these games. They're so critical, especially if you look at the remainder of the Flyers' schedule. Everyone uh, counts, and you mentioned they're in the playoff race as well. Every night you're going to see these teams moving up and down, moving different places, and you can't be stuck losing to to those low-ranked teams. So it's super important and a super good thing, obviously, that um, we saw them come out of Detroit, not stoop to their level. I thought it was a decent game. Um, the first period, I mean, the sco- no score after the first 20 minutes, but – Yes, they got the win, but it wasn't a dominant. It wasn't any sort of a dominant win. I mean, when fans would look at that 3 nothing score, that final, it was important, but it wasn't a dominant win, would you agree? It, it just didn't see it. – it's always kind of that first 20 minutes. It takes them a while to get their feet under them, and then they get moving. I wanted to ask you about that, Katie, because I was watching Post Game Live uh, last night, and I, I saw you and Chris Terrian. You saw me? No yes. way. Oh, you're my you favorite. I watch, I watch every every game. You know what? That means um, so much to yeah, me. Yeah, my favorite. Jordan. My favorite host, my favorite analyst by far. All right. Um, well, I don't, hope you're... Don't tell Chris Terrian that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I was watching, and I saw you and Chris uh, mention how like they, they it wasn't really a dominant game. Um, I felt like they controlled the game, uh, but you're right. I thought that first period, as everyone's going to say they outplayed the, the Red Wings, but Brian Elliott made a few huge saves. He didn't have to make a ton in that first period, but he did exactly what Elaine Vigneault always mentions is those timely first period saves where it kind of allows the Flyers to get their legs, um, kind of find their confidence. Uh, but, yeah, they let them hang around for uh, until midway of that second period, and fortunately for the Flyers, they get a really good depth goal from Scott Lawton, uh, something they really needed because it was starting to get uncomfortable. Um but for the most part, though, I thought they really controlled the game. Um, Detroit is bad. They are really <laughs> bad. Um, they were, they're now 5-24-5 and five, uh, since November 14th. No wins against the Metro opponent. No either. wins against the Metro. Yeah. So like you said, that, that was a game you could not lose. If, if they lost that game, I think everyone's questioning whether this team has what it takes. Yeah. Uh, because a, a playoff team, let alone a contender, just, you don't lose those games. So uh, – they only allowed 16 shots. I think that was a real positive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there was some uncomfortable moments. But for the most part, I thought they controlled things. I thought they came out with good energy. Like, they didn't come out lackadaisical. And it didn't take them a period to wake up. Um, but, no, I, I agree. I think it could have been a little more um, – they could have been a little more in command. Uh, but for the most part, I think the Flyers will take it. Um, yeah, hey, look, at the end of the day, a win is a win. Yes. You know, and, and – these ones, they are important, and I think the biggest thing was the mindset. Of course, these players like Kevin Hayes, they've been in the NHL, and you would hope they would take these games seriously, especially as they near the end of the regular season. But just hearing that reassurance from him after the game to say that, look, we came into this game knowing this is a low-ranked team, knowing that, as you mentioned, their record, they're not good this season. Right. Um, just you, you still have superstars. You still mentioned Dylan Larkin, Bertuzzi. You can't over – well, some – superstars I don't know if you really want to call them superstars but good players decent players that you can't overlook in this league so sort of having that reassurance from these players they're not overlooking any game and I feel like they they have the right mindset right now I mean from what we've seen yes they wanted the two points in uh in Pittsburgh they get the one point the different road woes that seem to have were you know here at the beginning of the season have seemed at least I know it's only two games on the road since the break but I do feel like we're seeing a different team, a different mentality they seem to have. And 
there was a worry after the break. Are they going to be ready? Are they going to, you know, have that energy? Because you see a lot of these teams after a long break like that, they have the bye week. They're not ready to play. And I feel from what we've seen so far, they have been ready to play. And I don't know. I feel like I've been seeing a different team out there, but I'm focusing more on the road, a different team on the road. I agree. And you remember the the holiday break, they came out and they had that dreadful road trip. Horrible. So yeah. I think everyone was concerned again that they were going to come out of an extended break and just not be themselves, uh, maybe not have the urgency. Yeah, those memories were in our head like, oh Absolutely. boy, hopefully the road this trip. doesn't come back to haunt us. And, and what do you know? They start in them. Pittsburgh. They have to go to Detroit. Uh, they play three and four, and you're thinking, gosh, could this be – could this be almost like a perfect storm? Could it set up to be, um, you know, a real letdown going into these final 32? But it, it wasn't. And yeah. I think you're right. They looked different. Their two road games in Pittsburgh and Detroit looked different. Uh, they didn't get behind. They weren't chasing. Uh, Pittsburgh, they did get behind a little bit, but it wasn't super early in the game. Katie, you remember it was in the second period where second period where um, the Penguins' star players made some really star-like yeah. plays. Uh, but they still came back and got a point. So, uh they didn't um, chase the game. So, so far, so Which good. is what we saw so much of following that Christmas break. Right. And four goals in the first 20 minutes. Like right. For, like, for what, four straight games? Exactly. Chasing it, the whole time. Chasing the whole time where they were just opened up and um, and then the game was over before it felt like it even started. So, uh, and, and Katie, I, I, would you agree that maybe the, one of the most important players so far to this early little start out of, uh, out of the extended break is Brian Elliott? Two of the three games, uh, yeah. I know he, you know, against Pittsburgh, I would agree, he wasn't great. but I also would disagree. I think okay. there's, I think Brian Elliott, I want to get into that topic with yeah. the goaltending situation. Brian Elliott's stopping pucks, right? Yeah. But you need guys to get pucks deep. Gotta get, <laughs> <laughs> you need guys in front to be scored. No, in all seriousness. And I think the whole season, I mean, you look at the stat sheet, you have Konechny and, and Hayes, I believe, as of now, tied for the team leading goals. They're putting pucks deep. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no. But. No, same. Pucks deep. Yeah. But um, I think the most valuable player, if we even look all the way back to September to now, has been Sean Couturier. Um, especially when you Hard look at just. I know. And I, I'm not. I'm sort of disagreeing with you, especially yeah. it, it, Brian Elliott. There's been so many guys that have been stepping up. But Sean Couturier, though he might not be scoring goals, he's helping others score goals. And it's been a topic with Elaine Vigneault. If a guy's feeling down and he's losing his confidence, we had Jake Voracek see him move up to a line with Couturier to get that spark back. And now we see Joel Farabee. Yeah. And as a rookie, to build his, his uh, momentum and get his confidence up there has all been due to Sean Couturier. You saw some of those plays he was making the other night, too, here at home. It was ridiculous. That turnaround Helped Joel Farabee with both of his goals on the night. Yeah, the turnaround pass from the, on the second goal by Farabee, which was a huge goal, and Couturier just wraps it around and, like, finds him, like, right almost, like, almost in the slot. And Joel Farabee's after the game, Katie, uh, I have no clue how he saw me or knew I was there. And uh, Sean Couturier is a guy that's not going to take any credit I think we've asked them numerous times, what is it about you that you are a spark plug, like you get guys going. Uh, and, of course, the modest, humble And the modest response. Sean Couturier, very Sean Couturier-like, just <laughs> almost like feels awkward when he's answering the question. He's like, I don't know, I, I'm just trying to play my game, you know, that type of yeah. answer. Because uh, he just doesn't brag about himself. He's just very workmanlike just guy. He's a big team player. Yeah, very big team player. And it's it's hard to argue that kid. He really, I think he's I think he's been the team's MVP this year. It's, it's as great as Travis Konechny has been in terms of breaking out and being an all-star, um, as reliable as the goalies have been, as great as Matt Niskanen and Ivan Provorov have been, 
Uh, Sean Couturier has just been incredible. Uh, Mr. Durable, he's there every night. And if he has one game where he's not himself, he's uh, he's rebounding the very, very next night. He was scoreless in Pittsburgh, Yeah, Katie. Scoreless I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm looking at his numbers here. I'm counting, like, how many assists. He's had 13 assists since January 1st. It's incredible. I incredible. mean, and we're not counting, I think, you know, two goals or three goals since January 1st. But the 13 assist part is just the biggest thing that we know and that fans should know. This is a player that is – not only helping you out, uh, get it, scoring himself, but you know, setting up other players. And I think that's super important, Jordan, especially as we near the end of the regular season, there's very a small gap of any error that you can ever have. Yeah. And to have someone like this in the offense we know have need, has needed so much yeah. since we're losing you know, two of our big players throughout this season. We'll get into defense later and how, have, how helpful they have been, but it's so important to have a player like Sean Couturier on your side. Absolutely. Do-it-all guy. He's going to play probably 20 minutes a game. He's going to win a ton of face-offs. He's going to play PK. He's going to yeah. play power play. The guy really does everything. And uh, at, the mid, uh, at the All-Star break, uh, the Professional Hockey Writers Association had their midseason awards, and Couturier was uh, the leading Selkie vote-getter. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes. That's a very, uh, it's a very uh, reputation word. Uh, it takes time to build a reputation and have guys vote for you. The fact that he was the leading guy over Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Purchase Bergeron, like that tells you that people are starting to recognize it. And that's really exciting. He's de- he deserves it. It's, people have been clamoring for his breakout since he was 19. Uh, but the Flyers were patient. He was patient. And now he's looking like, like Elaine Vigneault said the other night, one of the best 200-foot uh, players he's yeah. seen in this game. And Vigneault's been around for a long time. So I think that was pretty telling. Speaking of 200-foot players, um, Kevin Hayes, you got a fourth shorty the other night he gets. He's just been stepping up so much lately. I also was looking at his numbers earlier. Um, with Hayes, it was kind of like there's so much on him. You know, we're, play, we're paying this guy this much. He needs to be producing. And, yeah, you probably should be producing day in, day out. He kind of went through these different gaps of, of no scoring or minimal scoring. But now, as of late, what we're seeing, Jordan, I mean, you got to appreciate, especially the way he's been stepping up, I would say he's the most valuable player for the special teams for this team. Absolutely, and um, I th- you're right. Like when people, I think, saw him sign this all season, you see seven years, you see fifty million. Like the the hockey fan, <laughs> fifty fifty million dollars, no, seven one years. More time. And and when you see that, you go right to the stat sheet and you look at goals and points. And his numbers haven't really been there yet. He hasn't really yeah. broken out yet. He's only twenty seven. But the, what the Flyers really liked was that he his defensive abilities and that he was a really good penalty killer. And people don't like to put money on a penalty killer, but uh, we've seen how important that has been, Katie. Gosh, four shorthanded goals. That's tied for the NHL lead. Since 2016-17, only one player has more shorthanded points than him, and that's Brad Marchand. Um, he's just such a good PK guy, and their PK was the second worst coming into this year. Since 2014-15. Second worst. It's just been a nightmare for them, and it's been totally different this year, and I agree. He's by far been the most valuable player on the PK. And Matt Niskanen is another guy we are gonna uh, get who this. we were going to talk yeah. about uh, who has really helped the PK, has really helped Ivan Provorov. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's two, I think, massive off-season additions that I don't really think were flashy or sexy off-season additions by Chuck Fletcher, but I think you're seeing how reliable those guys can be. And it's it's kind of like a t- we were talking about this before just – who was the better who was the better ad was it Niskanen yeah. or was it Hazen there's just absolutely no way you could begin to compare the two so hard um 
I see nothing but positives for both. Yes, you expect more production, but Hayes is getting there. I, I do feel like yeah. right now in the regular season, or the sorry, the nearing the end of this regular season, I have no problems with Kevin Hayes. There's not at all. There's production from him. We're doing well with Matt Niskanen. With defensemen, it's not all about the production, right, Jordan? It's just right. it's for him. It's slowing down some of the top guys. And yeah. his test right after the break was to lead the way with with uh, Provorov and helping slow down first off Sid the kid. Yeah. And then you have Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. And in the way they were able to do that, but all season, Matt Niskanen has really added that veteran leadership to uh, the blue line for this team. He really has, and. You're right, he kills plays, which is big, but he really doesn't play in the defensive zone a lot. Like that was the thing he pride, he prides himself on uh, when he when he first came here. He said, we don't like to play in our own zone. We like to get yeah. the puck up ice and pin the opposition uh, in their own end. And Provrov and him do that. The puck gets back in the defensive zone. They're so skilled, they're so smart, they get it back up the ice. Uh, but when they are in their own end, he's really good along the boards, he kills plays. But absolutely, I think he's been so vital because he's a veteran, he's won. People look up to him. Uh, they, th his nickname is Steady Eddie, and I think we see it. Every single game, you know what you're getting from him. Yeah. And then, Kitty, what has he done for Ivan Provorov? Provorov had a real letdown season last year. So much was on his shoulders at such a young age. Niskanen comes in. He's won a cup. He's 32. And, and he he's been in these high-pressure situations. Yes. He's been in so many of these right. nearing the end of the regular season, like you mentioned, you know, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's been through this. Yep. And um, with Provorov, I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. He really helps. But overall with the team, I mean, a guy yeah. that has been there, that's been through this, just that leadership all around. Yeah. But Steady Eddie for sure is helping out with um, a young guy like Provorov still trying to figure out where, where the balance is. And remember at the beginning of the season, too, it was all about we're still seeing a lot of these shufflings going on. We now have uh, Sanheim Myers together, different things. And we'll get into Goss Despair returning eventually, yeah. hopefully. But uh, just with the different pairings, and he found that Provorov and Niskanen pair. And it, what do you think is so important about these two that just – because I see what I see. I think they work great together. Like I think you were just mentioning with Provorov and it, he finds his balance and they're able to control things the best. They know where each other are and everything like that. What do you think is the best thing with this pair, especially that AVC so well? Yeah, you're right. They really read off each other well, and they bounce each other out. Like Ivan Provorov, I think, last year felt like he had to do so much. Yeah. He had to get the puck up ice. He had to get it out of the defensive zone. Um, he had to win every battle. Now you get two guys that can really do that, and it makes Niskanen have to do as much. Ivan Provorov doesn't have to do as much. Um, but I think what they really like is that they're both going to eat up a ton of minutes. They're going to play – a ton of minutes in the third period. They're going to help shut down some of the best players in the league. We've seen Sidney Crosby go scoreless against them. We've seen Nathan McKinnon go scoreless against them. Um, Elias Pettersson, I believe, went scoreless against them. I'm almost positive I have to double-check that. But um, they've done some incredible things against star players. Um, and you can just really rely on them. And then it takes the pressure off of almost every – Goaltending, of uh, everybody. Off of the goaltending, off the other yep. two pairs. Um, Robert Hag has been able to play just a, a very simple, steady game – uh, Justin Braun hasn't been asked to do too much. Those are guys you don't want to ask to do too much. You want them to play maybe a little lesser minutes. And the fact that you have Provorov and Niskanen, two guys that you just know are going to eat up time um, and make you feel real comfortable, uh, it's just it's done wonders for the Flyers. I think they both have complimented each other. And I, like Katie, we were laughing. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're ever going to be broken up the rest of the season. It'd be it'd be hard to see that. I we were laughing about other things because you know we're just a bunch of jokesters. Jokesters. But 
I am sitting here laughing about our social media going tis but a scratch after Matt Niskanen. <laughs> that was, was that great. a high stick? It was a or it was a puck. He no, yeah, he took that shot. Yeah, took that. And we to the hope face that never happens it. to poor Matt Niskanen again. But just the way he was taking questions in his stall after the game, and I, I hope a lot of fans were able to see it just to know this guy's grit. I mean, he belongs here in Philly. He is a bat. He will battle every night for this team, and he is a competitor. He was acting like you he was can't no help big deal. but just laugh about it. I just oh, I'm like his like he was bl- like two uh two, two things in his nose in his nose yeah bloody everywhere like it was, was like home? dry was that at home that was so a home game there. yes and we were down there and he was the first guy we saw I, I walk into the locker room I turn left and there's a scrum and it's Niskanen <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh like I didn't know it was that bad and I was like well I got my phone out and took a picture right he's away like, it's not that bad and then he's it's like not as bad it's as not as bad as it looks and we're like okay like you just got stitched up you came right back in I'm sure he had headaches have you ever uh, seen that before? I've never seen something that bad. Have you, Katie? Like, <laughs> No. I mean, I – well, you're talking to me. I have my older brother. Uh, we yeah. are playing – How many brothers, by the way, Katie? I have six brothers. All played? Thank you. Yep, they all played. Incredible. Um, my dad used to have keys to the rink um, when he was managing our rink where I grew up in Minnesota. And awesome. Christmas break, we always – it was so fun. We would be able to rent the ice out and just our family skate. Awesome. So, of course, yeah, I'm usually a net because I would just get the goalie yeah. gear strapped up and I had to take Absolutely. slap shots from my brothers, which wasn't very nice. But um, Someone, someone had to play net. I still you know? schooled them. Yeah, of course. Um, no, but I, I'm, remi- I'm reminded of my older brother, Tripp, who was looking for a pass behind him and didn't realize how close the net was to his face and turned and smoked his face on the, the post. <laughs> and he had a helmet on, but he didn't have a mask on. He didn't have, the mask he didn't on. have a cage on or anything. How bad was he? It was pretty bad. He broke his nose, <laughs> and um, I don't think he knocked any teeth out, but he had a fat lip. Hey, so he still got his teeth? That's and here's little thing. Katie, 11 years old, just like, oh, sorry, sorry, I could have stopped <laughs> sorry. you, but you ran into my net, so <laughs> sorry. But anyway, enough about me. That's just the last time I've seen anything like, like that. that. It wasn't in the NHL. Yeah, um, but still relatable. And, yeah. And know. yet having this going to come out and just say, like, Hey, it's not as bad as it looks. Uh, I'm, I'm numbed up right now, so I'm fine. <laughs> he just went uh, right for it. It exactly. was crazy. And I, I was actually surprised, too. He didn't get any black eyes or anything. No, he didn't. Like, I think there was some bruising around, but yeah. it's just, he must just. Yeah, it must have got him kind of low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does not get and hurt. He, he's immortal. I'll I tell think. you what, I would take a couple sick days if that happened to me, I think. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, Like. I think I, I think I would miss five or six games. I, I certainly wouldn't be back at work or <laughs> returning to work that same day. I'd, think, I'd be like, I'm out. Um, <sighs> but okay, so that that's a face injury. Um, then we have a different injury for Shane Gostisbehere. We'll yes. get into a little bit more yes, serious. A um, went through that anthroscopic surgery, um, hoping for a return from Ghost anytime now. Uh, you've been to practices where you've seen him skating, correct? I mean, I was there for one. I saw him on the ice. I believe he was skating again before that Detroit game. But we want it, we do want him back soon. But then the bigger question is, we just talked about all these pairings and these different guys getting playing time. What is going to happen? Because I see it where we mentioned this before. I don't think anything's going to change until we see something going wrong with with the defensive group. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I think I think Shane Gossard is going to play on Thursday against the Devils. Yeah, I do. Um, I think who's going to come out though? It's such a tough question. I think Robert Hag will. I just think he's unfortunately the odd man out. As good as or as well as he has played, um, Gossespierre just brings a different element in terms of the elusiveness, the mobility, the skating, uh, putting pressure on the opposition. 
what Hague does is fine. It's it's very keep it simple, stay at home, make yeah, the, the easy play. Yeah, what's the biggest difference with them, though? I mean, yeah, the biggest difference is just Hague's a big guy that's gonna. He he doesn't want to be noticed when he's when he's not noticeable. That's a good thing. Shane Gosper yeah. is a guy that's you know gonna play power play. Uh, he's gonna be an offensive threat, even though his numbers are down this year. And to be brutally honest, uh, disappointing in that regard, yeah. given he had a career high sixty five in two thousand seventeen eighteen. There's still that threat, and that's what Vigneault really likes, and that's really his style of of defenseman is uh, mobility, push the pace, um, be a threat, and that's what Shane Gossespierre is, and Vigneault was really happy with his game before he went down with that knee injury, that he was beating the forecheck and making things happen. I just think there's too much there, and then... I'm not saying they're going to trade Shane Gossespierre. I know, and that's the next topic I was going to get into. Right, I'm not saying that, but if they are making to look maybe any type of flashy or splashy move at the deadline, Shane Gossespierre might be your best trade chip, and you're not going to want to be sitting that guy. Like that guy's going to want to play. They're going to you're going to want to play that guy and have see and have teams see him play and know what they're getting. And maybe Gossespierre goes on a nice little run here. Um, so I just think there's no way you can really sit him. Listen, if he's bad and he's just looking oh, so like a mess out there. so that's the reasoning why you don't see him coming out of the lineup. Yeah, I just think he brings too much potential. Or remaining out of the lineup, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he brings too much potential. Um, he's going to play power play. Robert Hag obviously does not play power play. Um, and then, yeah, uh, in terms of trade deadline, the February 24 trade deadline, Gossespierre is a nice little trade chip. His contract is uh, very attractive to teams. He's under team control. Um, and he's only 26, and he's not long off of a uh, career year. So uh, if, the, if Chuck Fletcher is thinking something big, which I don't think he is, but if he might be and he's willing to listen on teams that might be interested in Shane Gossespierre, they're going to want him playing, and teams are going to want to see what he's doing on the ice now, not sitting in the press box. So, yeah. Uh, but what do you think? That does like, make, no, no, no. It does make sense to me. I mean, my whole – I mean, you did just explain that. I mean, now that I look at it differently – you can use Ghost for way more things. Right. You know, you put him out there, but he can be used on the special teams. He's utilized in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, he's a more familiar player. Um, but, yeah, I just – it's hard for me to, to decide because you're just so used to seeing AV keeping things the same. Things yeah. are working. I mean, Detroit – I didn't see as many errors with the defensive group. They haven't – it's another thing going back to if you don't notice anything or if you don't see them or recall anything with a def defenseman. I mean, nothing must have went wrong for the most part. Um, right. And I just it's it's a hard thing. But when you look at it in that way, you did kind of. Yeah, it, it would make sense. We either see him out there or we don't. But you don't want to get too far into the trade idea ideas. But it certainly is something I, I feel like Fletcher and, and the rest of the group are thinking about. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher said it even last season that he would be willing to listen to on every player other than yeah. probably Claude Drew, who has a no movement clause. So he literally cannot be traded unless Claude Drew okayed it. And uh, I don't think that would ever happen. Um, but he did. He said it last season that you have to be willing to listen about everybody. So it's not like he's going to go out of his way to maybe pursue trades for Shane Gossespierre. But um, I'm sure teams will uh, be interested in him and will reach out, and he's going to take the phone call. So uh, I, that's why I think he'll play. I, that's not the biggest reason, but I think yeah. I think the biggest reason is that Shane Gossespierre is a pretty good hockey player, um, and he brings a different element. But I do think it could be a very matchup game-by-game game basis um, where if, you know, Avigno wants to get a little more safer and a little more physical, maybe he goes with Robert Hag. Maybe Philip Myers yeah, has so a Yeah, so when you're game. taking on the Devils, what do you do? 
wouldn't you I mean again you can't overlook teams we just said that at the top of this episode but what do you do I mean it's not you take on the Capitals the next night but you if Ghost is ready do you put Ghost out there against the Devils get him going to be ready for a a higher opponent like the Capitals one of the best teams in the league yeah really tough game after that where maybe you go in and you think hey like you said Katie things are going well we're playing the Devils who are the Eastern Conference's worst team Let's keep it what we're doing, give Shane one more game, and then bring him back for the Capitals where yeah. maybe you want some more skill uh, involved. I think he will come back Thursday. I think he's going to be ready, and when he's ready, he's going to play. But I, I really think it, it could be a game-by-game basis uh, where, say, Philip Myers, a young player who maybe it looks like he fights his confidence from time to time when he makes a mistake. Maybe Vigneault takes him out, says, watch a game, put Robert Haig in there, who's been you know really good. Um, or maybe Shane doesn't look like he's bringing the strengths that he that he has, and he's not beating the four check. And maybe they want him to watch a game. He watched three games earlier this year, uh, and it turned out well for him. So yeah, seems like that was just last week. Yeah, <laughs> but gosh. I mean, he has been out, so it has registered as that. But sure. that was a big learning moment. I was just gonna say, it's like we always talk about him moving guys around, seeing how things are working, and it's a good problem to have. Of it course. Is to have an extra guy on who you're going to take out instead of who's going to fill in. Right. Um, so that being said, you mentioned Phil Myers. In, in, well, I'll go back because now he's paired with Travis Sanheim and, and this younger dynamic that we've already talked about before has just been an interesting dynamic for me. Yeah. I kind of miss that whole Justin Braun, Travis Sanheim dynamic. Like yeah. I felt like he worked really well having that veteran presence, especially as a young, young player. Not exactly rookie, but just as a young player, what do you take from that? Because I think that it's an. In, I, I just feel like Braun and, and Niskanen sort of serve the same purpose as right. far as with the younger guys and helping even that out. But now you have two pairs here. I'm going rambling on. But what do you think? No, I, I totally see what you're saying, Katie. Uh, that was the, one of the benefits that we saw in Ivan Provrov and Matt Niskanen was that it was a younger player with a veteran. With that balance. A nice compliment, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think we could see Justin Braun and Travis Sanheim eventually maybe get back together, depending on how things play out. Start to interrupt, but what do you think he likes from Myers and Sanheim together is my biggest question. Yeah, I think it's two similar guys that are very you know bigger, fluid skaters that can skate, get the puck up ice, and can make plays. We've seen them complement each other in that way. Um, and then they can end up playing some of the similar minutes. Justin Braun and Robert Hag, very similar guys. They're simple Justin Braun has said it time and time again I play a very boring game I don't care but that's the game I play it's a very safe game uh, and that's what has made him a very productive player in the NHL so Robert Hagg and Justin Braun play a very similar style too and maybe Vigneault thinks that those work together well yeah maybe if you put a Shane Gosses with a Justin Braun it becomes tricky because you have one guy that's real skilled and wants to have the puck on his stick and then you have Justin Braun who is not that type of game, and maybe they don't work off well with each other and maybe both kind of hold each other back in a way. Um, so I think it's what he sees in Phil Myers. I think that's what he sees in Travis Sanheim, two young kids that, that have this similar skill style in a way. Right. Okay. And uh, and they played together uh, in the AHL with the Phantoms, so they know each other pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then I think Robert Haig and Justin Braun just do very similar things. Uh, so when they're out there, uh, they're going to be real safe and steady, and they can trust him in that way. They don't have to ask him to play a ton of minutes. And then uh, it allows Myers to play more minutes. I think Chuck Fletcher said in the offseason they were bullish on his potential, and I think they really want to 
up his role and see what he can do as these games get bigger. Yeah. You can only learn by playing, and I think that's I the like big that. Thing. You're right, and you know we could take that in anything in life. Absolutely, it's all about getting gotta the get reps. Up there, gotta do it. Yes, you know, and just gotta get pucks deep. I'm done with it. I <laughs> promise. Well, I don't promise. And it's probably gonna come a little bit yeah, more we'll later on in this yeah. season. Um, no, but I agree with you. Uh, I just ask because it's such an interesting thing. Just what maybe going into a coach's mind, specifically Elaine Vino's mind, on why he likes these two younger players together so much and getting the reps and getting the time together. And you mentioned the similar skill style. It, it makes sense. Sure. Um, and a guy, Katie, I think that could also uh, dictate almost Vino's decisions or dictate Shane Gossesbear's role is Travis Sainheim, who's now on the power, the second unit power play, um, had a great year last year. Uh, really flirted with an, a, a much bigger year this year. Yeah. Very offensive-minded. And what a great um, skater, too. And a great skater yeah. with size. So if he can kind of fill that second power play role and do what they were hoping from Shane Gossesbear, then it might make it a little easier to take Shane out of the lineup and just keep what you have because it's working. Yeah. It really is. Robert Haig's been great over 16 games. He's gone 16 straight games without being a minus player. I know plus-minus is a fickle stat, but um, – <laughs> But, hey, he's a positive player for 16 straight games. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, so The numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Uh-uh. So I think that's a guy that if uh, if he really takes the bull by the horns offensively and he's doing the things that you want from Shane Gossespierre, then it might make Vigneault think twice about putting Shane back out there because you might not need him as much. So. Yeah. Um, it, I agree. It's going to be really fun to watch. I think you got way closer to my corner now. And yes, I did. I'm you convinced me. I mean, um, again, it's a good problem to have. It it's is. not like we're cheering for him to be out or cheering no. for him to be in, but I think it's a great problem to have. Just specifically, I just what we've been seeing this season, I don't see Elaine Vino changing things up. Right. If it's working, it, you're gonna going to leave it. Exactly. But it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. Depth is good. A problem... Um, well, it hasn't been a problem. So we, we talked about offense. It, they've been able to figure out ways to contribute. Couturier, the younger guys, Hayes stepping up as well. Um, but for the defensemen, too, they've been helping out now with the goaltending situation. It's a situation that hasn't really – we haven't had to worry about at least as much so far this season. Um, a bit of a worry seeing Carter Hart uh, get hurt right before that break. Um but how about the assurance to see Alex Lyons step in there the other night, just have an absolutely solid performance? Yeah. And then Brian Elliott against the Red Wings, getting his second shutout in his last three starts. I mean, these are the things at least Flyers fans hope to see after a tough go for the goaltending situation. We all know season. how many goalies played last year, right? Eight goalies, NHL record. Yeah, you need oh, two, okay. hands. two, hands, two to hands to count it out. You might need three. No, <laughs> that's eight, eight. <laughs> This um, year, only five. <laughs> okay, counting with Katie. This has been counting fun. with Katie. Always a good segment. <clears throat> um, and, and yeah, uh, that's the where where we are now with the Flyers is where it, things unraveled last year, where you were just putting it a goalie in net and he just couldn't find his his feet and it just unraveled. Uh, it was huge to see Alex Lyon uh, come in and uh, win his first game since 2018 and really kept them in the game. Elaine Vigneault said he was the difference. Uh, and beat a really good team. A Colorado, the Colorado Avalanche can really score. They lead the NHL in first period goals. So they really get after teams. They get after goalies early. And to see what Lyon did was massive because Brian Elliott's 34 years old. He can't play every single game. Um, he needs rest because if you don't get him rest, he might not hold up uh, when Carter Hart gets back. So uh, that was massive. Um, really good for Alex Lyon. Really good for the Flyers. 
And Brian Elliott has just been an absolute stud uh, since Carter Hart has gone down. He's 4-0-1 with a 1.58 goals against average since Hart went down. Absolute stud, especially since Hart went down, but all season. I all mean, season it's, it's, been great. he really hasn't had – it's like his struggles share with Carter's struggles. Like, well, yeah, we saw him do a little bit better on the road before the break. But he still is, has been – it's been such an equal balance with these goal t- – and it's got to be so relieving for Elaine Vigneault and the coaching staff to have – this sort of situation this year again I'll, I'll say it one more time in comparison to last season yeah but yeah right after the Carter Hart situation as you said um he's really has helped out but all season long for sure all season long absolutely and and especially during this stretch where uh like we've said like every game is absolutely massive so say Brian Elliott struggles in this five game stretch or say he's just a so-so goalie yeah you know they miss out on some key opportunities where they don't have their franchise goalie Carter Hart. Instead, uh, they're right where they want to be. They uh, they they aren't treading water. They've they've gotten better without Carter Hart, and now he's getting healthy. His status is up in the air for Thursday, but you're thinking he can come back maybe Thursday, maybe Saturday, uh, and then you have your goalie tandem back. And uh, again, credit to Alex Lyon for coming up and uh, and giving them um, a shot in the arm as well. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think defensively and goaltending. Uh, there, there really isn't any complaints. I think the Flyers have gotten exactly what they wanted. Good depth, good young players playing, uh, good balance in net. Uh, not a lot of injuries, thankfully, other than obviously Shane Gossespierre, Carter Hart. Uh, for, for the most part, they've been healthy, and they've gotten, I think, what they expected. And another thing, too, if you would have heard after the break, without knowing how it happened, at the beginning of the season, Carter Hart's going to get hurt after the All-Star break. That would be worrisome, of course, Absolutely. and it, it still was worrisome when we heard that news. But now seeing Carter Hart, you know, was was hurt before the All Star break, and he wasn't going to be back after the break. There would be definitely a concern that you would see the Flyers on a one game or a two game losing, just yeah. finding themselves get down, getting down. And you can't have that happen. You can't lose one. You can't lose two. You can't, you can't just start this this snowball effect of losing streaks specifically in this time of the season because every single point counts and even if you lose two in a row it's going to be tough especially for this Flyers team as far as where they sit in the standings so it certainly is a spark to see that happen where he goes down and and now that we're living in this moment we saw it happen right before our eyes that He's going to come back. I'll allude to literally what you just said, that it's still a positive. They're above water. They filled in that time. They did it well. Alex Lyon, again, I'll allude to him, really stepping up. And something I kind of wanted to get into about Alex Lyon, the intellectual interviews this Yale student (laughs) has. Yale product, yep. I I see him, you know, in postgame on our feed. But for you to go in the scrums, like, tell me what he's like as a player. It it really – you don't see that every day with it. And I, but yeah. wasn't it like, what did we hear in media day? Isn't he trying to, like, he liked space or he liked, uh, oh gosh, I'm not sure. Wanted to be what an astronaut say? if he wasn't a hockey player. Oh, don't I, quote I do me look- on that, but I remember something like that. He's such a cool player. Yeah, he, really he is. is. I, like you said, he went to Yale. I remember when they uh, signed him as a college free agent. Uh, yeah, you see Yale next to that name, and you're like, well, the kid must All be right. smart, right? Yeah. Um, but the way he's, you know, he holds himself, and he's so well-spoken in the scrums. How does he treat the media? Yeah, you know? he's great. Like That's why a lot of the media members were kind of happy. Obviously, you're never cheering for a guy. Um, but it's nice to see a guy like him do well. Uh, like you said, very intellectual. He, he's articulate. And um, and he when he speaks, he he gives you his time and he and he's honest and real and that was really cool uh 
I've, we asked him, you know, how gratifying is this? And he said, incredibly or super gratifying. And he yeah. smiled. And then he came back to earth and said, he looks at Claude Drew and he sees a guy that says so even keel. So now, as gratifying as it was, he was going to come back down and be ready to go if the Flyers need him again. So, real smart guy. Um, and it's, it was a nice story. Really nice story. He's 27 years old. Playing in the minors a lot. Just, and he said he's just taking advantage of every opportunity he can get in the NHL. So, it's cool to see those guys succeed. Um, and especially in a stretch run like this, you know, he's winning meaningful, you know, he won a meaningful game for the Flyers. He can, he can have that with him. And that's his job to come up and fill in. And that is not an easy job to fill in for a Carter Hart that's down. Right. You gotta, you gotta come up. You have to have a solid outing. And I feel like he was able to to do that. Absolutely. A couple outings. And, And Katie, we've talked about some positives. Um, but if we, if we have to look at any concerns, what might be a concern for you? Is it? The schedule that worries you, is it the scoring? You know, I know people are talking about Claude Giroux. Yeah. Always talking about Claude Giroux. Obviously, he's gone three straight games scoreless. His numbers aren't where they, where I think people expected them to be. Yeah. And, uh, and people, you know, want him to be accountable for that. They look at him and they think, you know, leader. They think scorer. So when he doesn't score, I know people get upset. But um, if, there's, if there's a concern for you going in, uh, down the stretch, what might it be for you? Look, I won't get too much into specific players. Sure. Um, yeah, those are different concerns. I look at overall with this team, and my biggest concern is consistency. Um, I don't know how many times I've said it already today. Every point matters. Yeah. This yeah. is a very um, intense time. The players know it, too. We've we've heard, you know, in the dressing room, them, they all know. They're in this. They, they pay attention to the standings at least, at least a little bit, you would like to think. They're watching that. Yeah. Um, but the consistency is my biggest concern. We, we see games um, like last night, you know, not the best first period. Um, it needs to be a solid um, 60 minutes every single night. I'm doing math in my head. I'm like, wait, okay. Yeah. Solid 60 minutes every night for this team. And you can't make any – these little mistakes can't happen. The consistency, but also the first periods, the the first 20 minutes in each game, because I just go back to that that um, road trip following Christmas break. I understand it was a hard time change and it was all these different miles they traveled um, and we don't have to deal with that again. But there's still 14 road games remaining um, and also lots of home games remaining. This is intense hockey right now. You need to be a consistent hockey team on all levels and especially in the first 20 minutes, you need to be having a good start and you can't be chasing games. I mean, this is serious. This is, and you have to just, I'm not really concerned about anything else other than that. No, and and the Flyers have always struggled with consistency. It's been a thing with them where, you know, they play up to the competition, they play down to it. Um, You know, they go on a winning streak and then they they go on a losing streak. So consistency has always been a problem. So I think that's that's a concern for sure. And it's um, about us, too. Like, we're excited right now. We're excited. And I do we not want to not be excited. We want to see victories. Okay? We want to see the team in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so they better not let us down. Yeah, they better not let yeah. Jordan and Katie down. Right. A little okay? bit of pressure. A little bit of pressure. <laughs> uh, so, no, I like you said, a lot. you know, the road games that are left, they have 13 division games left, and uh, the road trips aren't easy. They, have, they still have to go to Washington, D.C. to play the Capitals twice. They still have to go to Tampa Bay to play the Lightning twice. Um, they still have to go to MSG twice to play the Rangers. I know the it's Rangers. It's not easy. Not that, an easy but schedule. Like, yeah, it's never easy going to MSG. Panarin's obviously a stud. Um, so yeah, it's it's not going to be easy down a stretch. That schedule definitely worries me a little bit. And just uh, you can only hope that yeah they don't have. We've seen what Katie, uh, I believe three four game losing streaks. Mm-hmm. To their credit, they've rebounded really well from those. Yeah. 
but now's the time where you can't, you can't even be doing lose, it. You can't be losing three you straight. You can't find yourself four. losing points every single right. night. So we've seen them go through little chunks where they, they really struggle and then they pick themselves back up, which is good. Uh, but now's the time where you can't suffer that. Uh, Especially going back to the standings we talked about, things are going to be changing every single night. And if you find yourself in two, losing two in a row, losing three in a row, you don't, you don't know. It's right. too close for the Flyers right now. Right. And, and if, if people are concerned about the scoring, I know people are concerned a little bit about Claude Drew and James Van Reeves. Like, I'm not really worried about those guys. Like, to me, I think, look where they are without those two doing what they typically do. The depth. The depth. Yeah. And that's the positive. I wrote about it in an article for NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com that they've won 13 games in which Claude Drew has gone scoreless. Um, they've never won that many games in which Claude Drew has gone scoreless other than one year. It was 2009-10 when they went to the Stanley Cup final, and that team, obviously, Drew was only 22. He was yeah. a kid. He was in his first full season. He was far from the guy. Uh, they had a lot of guys out on that team. Everyone knows that team. Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, Chris Pronger, everyone. But uh, So that's a po- I think it's a positive that they're winning a lot of games when Claude Drew goes scoreless. I think that shows you that he has help. They're deeper. They're more balanced. Um, that's a credit to a lot of people. Chuck Fletcher doing some good work in the offseason, players getting better, like Travis Konechny, Sean Couture taking steps, um, Ivan Provorov, the list goes on. Um, so I think, it, hey, they're in a great spot, and they haven't gotten the Claude Drew we've seen in years past. They haven't gotten this goal scoring that we've seen from James Van Reems. Like, you think if they get that down the stretch, they could take off, and right. then they could be a really tough out in the playoffs. So a super good point, yeah. So I, I'm not really concerned about those two. I know some fans might be, but... Hey, if things are working now, I mean, yes, right. they need to be scoring. Yes. But you're right. If things are working the way they are, and I want to really quick talk about Mr. Joel Farabee because yeah. especially Speaking when uh, before today, he went from having one point in a 13-game stretch from December 11th to January 13th. Yeah. Okay, And those following six games, he now has four goals and two assists, six points in six games, if that makes sense. Yeah. The way he's been able to – it's part of that – I would like to think part of that rookie season. I wish I could play in the NHL. That'd be sweet. But, you know, thinking about it, I like, you. there's going to be ups and downs with any season you have, but let alone your first season. And just seeing the way uh, Joel Farabee has really stepped up. Yeah, he's gone through these sulks of not having anything. And as of late, I mean, the way he contributes, yes, on the score sheet offensively, but the way he's kind of grown into this team and, and setting up plays and, and being able to be that player on the ice that – uh, Vigneault can count on the youth has really been helping out and specifically Joel Farabee absolutely and the youth was really going to dictate and will dictate what Chuck Fletcher does at the trade deadline like do they have enough like can the youngsters grow enough to the point where you can see them playing major roles and not hurting you or are they not quite there yet are they hitting a wall and then you have to go out and maybe get a veteran and then you have to trade a draft pick or you have to create cap space to get a guy I think so far so good. And Joel Farabee, I think, like you said, Katie, has been the biggest, most important guy to dictating Chuck Fletcher's thoughts. Yeah. Because yeah, he has really, really stepped up his game, and he's looking like it now. He's you know looking like a key player that you can put next to Sean Couturier and play them against stars in the NHL. And it's really impressive given that he's 19 and the NHL is a grind. It's a it's a long, long season, as everyone knows. Yeah. Joel Farabee played for the U.S. De- developmental program. Shorter seasons, I think that the max he played 60-some games uh, his draft year. That was his longest year. College, you play in the mid-30s, and then you jump to the NHL, and all of a sudden you're playing 82 games against the best players in the world. 
Um, and to see him hold up and not, even, not only hold up, but get better yeah. is really, Well, it's all about really getting impressive. the extra reps, too, that we just mentioned with a defensive yeah. group. I mean, you get out there every night, and I think the biggest thing is the grind of it. Right. It's certainly a grind. Um, but, yeah. But he's made positive he's plays, it. and now yeah. he's scoring. And, and now uh, he's scoring. I mean, a great night for him at home at Wells Fargo Center the other night, and now we see um, versus Detroit. Well, right. he was actually off the score sheet against Detroit. But he was. His point, his point streak was snapped to five games. Yeah. Uh, but still obviously, he didn't, still impressive, him. didn't hurt them. Um, and he's going to be with Sean Gattorier the very next game. Hey, if that's s- working, keep it together because I sure like to watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think he could be an X Factor down the stretch. We've said that before. Uh, but I think he could be absolutely vital to what they do. Uh, it's going, right. going into the playoffs or, you know, hoping they make the playoffs. So we'll see. I, uh, I'm just really excited because this is my favorite time um it's the hockey joke of the day moment oh my gosh that's the best um i'm actually kind of worried i'm gonna run out of hockey jokes yeah like do you find Cause, like some of them or? like yeah i find some of them and they're just like not that funny and i'm just like what am i gonna do so fans this might kind of turn into just simple <laughs> jokes that i get from my like and you're really your old brother eventually and you're really funny too so if you find a joke that's not funny like Jordan. i don't want you to say it because you're hilarious Oh my gosh, you guys, you heard it here. I don't have to ask him to laugh at my jokes. He actually thinks I'm funny. This is great. Don't look. Ready? Hockey joke of the day. Do you know what an enforcer does on a hockey team? Just checking. (laughs) Flyers have had their fair share of enforcers. Gotta love it. Do you get it, though? I was just checking. Oh, I... (laughs) All right, guys, hold it that down. We don't need an applause. Thank you. That Thank was you. good. I honestly thought you were saying, like, I'm just checking with you. I've literally said this already, but we that need a little good. applause. We need, like, a cheering yeah, we to do. sound like that's funnier. But that's ben pretty funny. Ben's our uh, podcast producer. His arms are crossed. I don't think he found that very funny. Um, yeah. Kinda, Thank, you. Thank you, Brooke. Brooke Brooke's Destra, in here. Yeah. colleague. Shout out to Brooke for laughing at that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, really out of good. ten, what would you rank that joke this time? Probably like, like a, probably like a ten point five, maybe eleven. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, exactly. Hockey joke of the day. There you go. Absolutely love that it. That was a good one. That was good, Katie. Okay, another funny thing. Okay. Jake Voracek on Twitter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I. Uh, Are you blocked by him, Katie? I'm not blocked, blocked I and I didn't even check. know this was a thing, you guys. But I'm just gonna keep behaving myself uh, to Mr. Voracek because I, I hope that we can. Well, I mean, he Be probably friends. doesn't. No, but I do follow him. Uh, This is great. I'm just trying to see how much of this we can read. But a a fan basically just told him to please be Skoracek in the way he handled it. Oh, my gosh. I would love to meet people like you in person one day. I swear, just to take a look in your eyes and hear you speak, it would make my life so much easier. (laughs) So do you think, like, are you scared when you hear that? Like, are you a little, is that like some crazy Czech Republic? Like, is he like mean or is he just being funny he's just being funny and like he doesn't take anything that's why i'm I, kind of intimidated though yeah well the one before that i'd love to meet people like you in person oh like okay well the one before that katie was someone didn't even tweet, oh i didn't even see someone that didn't even tweet at him they just mentioned his name so it tells you jake's pretty savvy on twitter did you even watch the game tonight <laughs> pretty good defensively against the best line in the league good in the d zone and pretty good power Pretty good power play. Anything else? You know, he uh, like I'm not taking attacks on Jake Voracek. I'm not trying to get blocked, but I really do think he needs to work a little bit more on his like spacing on his tweets because everything's in like one line. Yeah, like I, like that's what's and so it's funny. hard to read. But other that's, than that, I mean, it's funny. I, you know what? I would have like sort of you know 
get we shouldn't be paying attention to anybody online but the fact he does it like every this was the first one of the season he hasn't tweeted yeah. since august so no. i mean i have no issue with it He'll just come at least from what i see on his tw- his timeline i don't know if he's replied to anybody but no but the one no he doesn't kid and the one tweet uh that one coming at the one fan that <laughs> so- said it said trade for a check first and it was like 1 a.m that night on saturday going into Sunday morning and he must have just kind of kind of been hanging out on his phone and saw it and was like it just must have irritated him and he's like oh, no I'm, I'm calling this out uh he's the one guy that I thought like if they ever win a Stanley Cup when when he's here like the the speech at the parade would be absolutely epic oh, Jake there's such a love-hate relationship between the fans here in Philly ultimately he loves Philly fans he really does but they have their moments where they butt heads um and I think if, if he won it all here I think the city would just absolutely like love him, embrace him, and then he would give some epic speech, uh, Jason Kelsey like. Seriously, Jason Kelsey. What do you think? Would, you, would he fun. do a, a mic drop? Like, I what think would he'd he do, do a mic end? drop. He would be talking really fast. Um, he a hundred percent would be cursing, as we know Jake right? tends to do from time to time. Which hey, we appreciate. We like the honesty. Uh, It'd be fun to do an over under. Oh my that, gosh, on the curse and the f bombs! Yeah. Like we all joke that. It'd he be fun to get to that. that point, of course, to have a uh, celebration yeah. for a cup. Absolutely, but. but he's like he's been one of my since I've covered the team. He's probably been my favorite interview just because he's such a real guy. He's honest. Uh, he doesn't BS you. <laughs> what's uh, like your favorite memory? Like what's been your favorite interview with Jake Voracek, or just like the favorite <sighs> thing you've seen him do? That's a good one. A recent one for me. The is, way he works media is pretty funny. It's really funny. Um, but he's a go-to guy for us because he, we know he's going to be honest. Like, good or bad, he'll be honest. Uh, a good one for me. Actually, one that I thought was really funny. Here we go. This was a really good one that I, it just, I just remember. It was the stadium series. They were down against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was 3-1, as many fans uh, will always remember. 3-1, it's starting to rain. It's just looking like a complete dud. Fans are leaving. <laughs> Um, I'm so sad I missed this. I wish you were here, Katie. Pack, I saw it, but I 70,000 fans at Lincoln Financial Field. They're losing 3-1 to the arch-rival Penguins. They come back. They come back. They force overtime. Claude Drew scores the uh, the OT winner, and it becomes one of the highlights of the season. Afterward, we get Jacob Vorchek and Claude Drew at the podium. And I can't remember the question, but Jacob Vorchek was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie, like, I didn't think we were going to win that game. I thought we were done. <laughs> and Claude Drew, like, pauses for a second, looks over at him and goes, what's wrong with you, man? Like, <laughs> and just to have a player admit that he thought they were going to lose, it's just very Jacob Voracek. It wasn't that he, like, what? didn't believe or wasn't. He, he he never stops playing. He plays hard. Yeah. He uh, he doesn't get enough credit for being as tough and playing as hard as he does. But he admitted, like, I thought we were going to lose. And Claude Drew just real funny and subtly just goes what's wrong with you it's just hard to tame and he kind of like, just what are you doing? right so that was really funny that was just a fun moment where jake was uh brutally honest and i think we all laughed and, f- and thought it was thought it was good so oh, jake um, voracek what do you obviously that trip at the beginning of this season was really fun for this team and for him of course you know he was so happy was cool. to show people around have his family at that game but what do you think he adds to this team he's been here and what do you think he will add going towards the future because he still has quite a bit of time on his contract quite a bit of time on his contract um i think he's still in his prime i really do like i think we think of jacob voracek as this guy that's been here for a while but he's only 30 years old um players are in their prime at their 30 and he's been one of their most impactful players as of late as of too. late um i know he has 27 points over his last 31 games He's one of their best plus-minus guys, and I know people don't love that stat, but Jacob Vorchek, 
at, Jacob Vorchek has always been a guy that's been criticized for not back-checking or not playing a lot of defense. But if he's a positive player and he's a positive by a lot, uh, you, you can't really get on him a ton. He, um, yeah. He's been one of their best players. He and he like you yeah, see and I'm him. looking at his numbers now too because it was kind of that stealthy like, you see him making plays. You also see him making errors, and you're kind of like, what is what's going on? But when you really look at his numbers, he's contributed, like I would say, most very consistently. Absolutely, going wow. back to so like English is hard today. <laughs> Wait, what was this? Very consistently. Lee, thank you. There we go. We got it. You're yeah, fine. you know. I, on that note, gonna take another yeah, take sip a, of take coffee. a little sip. I got you. Um, and, and no, Katie, you remember when Elaine Vigneault called out his yeah, three big yeah. money there. He called out James Van Reems, like Jacob Voracek, and... Um, he wanted more from these guys. And Kevin Hayes, yes. And he was like, he said, he's like, hey, that's why they're paid the big bucks. Like, we when need them to that produce. Again? That was around, like, right mid-November. Yeah, yeah. Um, right I think mid-November or maybe late October. I would have to double check on that. But since around mid-November, Voracek has really turned it on. Yeah. He's been one of their best players. You see him sometimes where they struggle. 13 points in his last 15 games. Just yep. really random last 15, but no. just a sample size. He's but a, a plus size. seven as well. Yep. And uh, you see even on the power play, there's times where they struggle with an entry, and then Voracek literally just takes the puck, and he's like, I got this. And he just goes in with a burst of speed and skill and makes a play. And like that's the Jacob Voracek we all know. And not a lot of guys can do that. And – um, I think he's been really good. I think he's going to be really good down the stretch. He's not going anywhere. Um, and I think we forget. We think he's older, but he's only 30. And uh, he's putting up the points <laughs> that we've seen in the past. Um, don't laugh at 30. I know. I'm not <laughs> laughing at 30, um, but I'm thinking, like, that was kind of a shot at Jake. Like, sorry, man, thought you were older, but you're only 30. Well, yeah, and he laughs. He's like, I know people think I'm really old. And uh, <laughs> he's like, I know I'm old now. I'll and say it again. I heard your 30s are your best years of your life. Best years of your man. life. I'm a firm believer in that. Oh, yeah? Um, okay. Yes, I'm kind of seeing that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, no, I, I, I think he's awesome. He's good for Philly, but I think he's uh, – I think he's really good for the Flyers, and I think he's going to be a key guy down the stretch. And just one last thing. These fans got to love that, that he's Absolutely. on there. I mean, that's so entertaining. I'm a fan of this team, obviously, and you are too. It's so fun as a fan to just see one of these players calling people out. Oh, my gosh. Lance I mean, it's not Marshawn. You know, no. like, that's a little too much for me. He's always on there. He's always chirping people. It's like, okay, buddy, calm down. Like, right. slow your roll. <laughs> exactly. He's very but accurate. Voracek is just so, like, listen up, buddy. Yes. I'm frustrated with you. Coming and out of nowhere. Yeah. Do you want to come challenge? Just... You play in the NHL. Let's see. Exactly. And it's just. Exactly. Sometimes you just got to give it to him. I remember last year, like, they were, as fans have tend to do sometimes, it's okay. But, you know, they will shout shoot a lot when uh, they're on the power play. Uh, shoot, hi, shoot, this shoot. is every game. Exactly. Every team. These everywhere. NHL players, these best players in the world need to know when to shoot yeah. or someone to tell them. Yeah, they and forget. It was like at the end of a power play, at the end of a period, the buzzer goes off and they don't convert and fans <laughs> were really getting on them and Voracek literally looked towards the boards and like definitely gave them an earful um, I have one and that was fun stuff. I have one more thing. I remember this the other night. Um, I think it was in Detroit. I think it was just their game in Detroit. We were going to a break and thankfully Al helped me out because I was looking at something else but the, it popped up uh coming up next obviously and we were going to talk about Jake Voracek the cameras ahead of my zone and he was on the glass and um, I'm sure fans saw this on pregame but he was like 
looking through the glass at this little baby, this fan that had to have been like eight months old sitting on his mom's lap and he had the big headphones on to block out the noise. And oh, Jake yeah. was like waving to him <laughs> and we were going to break and the baby just started crying. And the mom's like, honey, no, he's, 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 and Jake was like, I'm cool. I'm cool. And the baby's like <laughs> screaming and we just went to a break. I was like, I got to right. see that. I did he not scares, see that. It's hilarious. He scares babies, but he's good scares, at hockey. Exactly. Maybe yeah. it was the beer, Katie. Maybe it was, it was so the hair. funny. But sometimes you can't control it. Like right. babies, babies are afraid of me. Sometimes I think. What? Aren't you sort of offended you too? You're like, babies. I promise, I'm a good, I'm a good. I love babies. I love babies and puppies. Right. Yeah. What baby was scared of you? I, I feel terrible to hear that. Honestly, I don't know. But, but sometimes you're like, come here, and they're like, they're afraid of you, and sure. you know. Maybe. I wonder if I don't. We don't have kids, but I just wonder if like parents are in like a little worried or bothered when people are in like a checkout line at target waving at their baby in the cart. Yeah. I've always sort of wondered that. It's so weird though. You see a, you see a baby and they maybe like link eyes with you and you want to yeah. be nice and sweet. And you're like, hi, but then maybe you're scaring them at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, is this weird? But I'm going to do it. You're anyway. scary. I'm scary. Like we're pretty intimidating. But people. Jake Voracek made a baby cry. <laughs> That's okay. As long as he got pucks deep good. that night, you know, <laughs> yeah. it matters. Um, Anyway, gosh, this yeah. has been fun today. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, Come I, off the rails a few times. <laughs> the last topic. I'm um, going back to their schedule. Uh, just sure. clearing this up. This is prime time. Oh my gosh, we've talked so much about it today. It's prime time for this team, and the biggest test we've mentioned, the biggest concerns like consistency, production from top guys, anything like that. But when you go look at the beginning of the season, you don't know who's going to be the best team and the worst team, but. The Flyers, they're not at a disadvantage, but they certainly are at a challenge to go from playing the Devils and go play the Caps, and then it just yeah. goes back and forth. Um, what's your level of concern with it? Because I'm, from what they've proved so far, uh, I say proved. I know we only have three games since the break. Yeah, no, but, they, but it's uh, a positive stretch, real positive stretch. The way they've they've been able to hold it, and it doesn't really look like the team we saw before the All Star break that stooped down to the level. And I don't want to talk too soon on this. You know, I really hope it continues, but. My level of concern is is there. Uh, well, I don't know how to answer this. Like a number out of 10. I'm probably at like a 7 with this team. No, I think that's very with fair. With the concern on not souping down to their level and just playing yeah. your game every single night. Because it's something this team can do. So what's your level of concern with finishing out this schedule and treating any opponent, whether they're high-ranked, low-ranked, anything the same, and just clearing this out? Yeah, it's fun. Like it's funny. I think they're going to get up for the big games, and they have – Plenty of big games left. Like and they've proven they can beat the top teams. Right. They had the Capitals twice more, the Lightning twice more. They still have the Blues once more. McDavid comes to Philly. Yeah. Um, so they have some uh, They have some tough games. I don't really worry about them getting up for the bigger games. I have no problem with them at home. Obviously, they've been incredible at home, 18-4-4. Four four. I do worry a little bit about the road still. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I know they. Well, hey, I could go back to that Western trip yes. that maybe you could remember. They it was horrible, right? And, and then so even against the, the Penguins, like credit to them, they came back and got a point out of it. But that game almost unraveled where they just kind of got lit up by two really good players, Sidney Crosby of Gunny Malkin, yeah. and boom, like the game flipped. And I worry about those stretches where like they just open up a little bit, and then all of a sudden the game gets away from. Them. Uh, they still have a lot of tough road games left, and that's like that's probably my biggest concern. Yeah, going to going to DC and playing the Capitals twice more, going to Tampa Bay and playing the Lightning twice more. Um, they still have obviously, like we said, they go to MSG twice more. They play the Islanders on the road. They play Columbus twice more, a team they're tied with right now in, the, in third place in the division. A lot of tough games. Yeah, the road will be tough. 
if there's a concern for me, it's the road. But how about you, though? Is it is it the matchups? Is it playing down to the level of competition? They still obviously have some games against teams that are definitely buried. Uh, for you, what is it that's really going to yeah, I mean, I catch your eye. as I sort of mentioned, the, the concern, it, it's certainly there for the road. It's more so just um, overall, whether it's home or away, just not because it's easy to do, whether it's hockey or any sport, it's easy to play down to the level, the speed you're playing against. For example, Brian Elliott, how many shots faced? 16 last? 16. 16 against Detroit. And you're playing like in an empty arena. So like that yeah, has an and, and it's harder. And right. as, as part of a veteran goaltender, he, he was able to step up and stay in that game. But when you're not getting tested as a goaltender, when you're not getting tested as much as um, a defensive group, um, it's easy to slow down your role, like slow your play a little bit. And it's important you don't do that. Thankfully, we saw them come out with a win against Detroit. But especially when you're going to play the Devils, um, who, by the way, has worked their way up. They're not a horrible team. They are low-ranked, yeah, but they, they still have some weapons. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to play the Caps. And then, you know, the, the schedule goes on and on. Day in and day out, um, it's just all about staying even-keeled. And I think the concern is, is there for how will they be able to do that because yeah. we've seen them – certainly play the top teams beat the top teams which is not concerning right but then going the next night and stooping down to the level of of different opponents that you know slow their game and yeah yeah so my concern is there with that but hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be upset with what we've seen so far i'm gonna say one more time since after this break i know it's a sample size that's so small but it's it's positive what we're seeing out there with this team And, and another positive too you mentioned that penguins game how about throughout this season two, the response they show? So yeah, you see Sid the Kid get going. You see Evgeny Malkin get going. They didn't they didn't get lost in that game. Like yeah, they were able to they found themselves found themselves down and they found themselves getting battling to get back into it. But they still showed response. You don't see this team just you know really yeah. getting beat. Um, yeah, they don't quit. And I feel like that was a game last year that. Definitely would have gone off the rails for them. That's it really another would have, thing. Yeah, it's, didn't a, this it's year. a positive to see that happen, right. to see them stay in this. And I will I'll use the word resilient to see them Absolutely. be resilient, even if, you know, the beginning of the season. But now, um, yeah, yeah, it's, there's a confidence it's a positive. There. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of factors with that. I think Matt Niskanen, like we said, Katie, a guy that's won a Stanley Cup, 32 years old, been there, done that. Really good for that team. Uh, Justin Braun has played in a lot of playoff games with the San Jose Sharks, been around, uh, good guy to have. Uh, the Flyers already have some guys that have played a ton of playoff games. Jacob yeah. Voracek, Claude Giroux, James, James Van Rees, like Sean Couturier. But then the coaching staff. You have Elaine Vigneault, who just exudes confidence. Uh, you have two assistant coaches that have been head coaches, Michelle Tarrion and Mike Yo. So I think there's a lot of experience, yeah. and uh, that's helped them not really uh, uncoil or unravel. Um, and I think we'll see that down the stretch. I think that we'll see that experience step up. Um, and we're seeing young players that aren't playing scared, and that's a real positive, too. So, uh, and you know what? Those will be big. I lo- we love being positive, don't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. <laughs> no, it, it's good. It we certainly is argue. good. There's a lot of positivity surrounding this team. I like what I've seen to. so far in these three games following the break. I hope it continues. I hope we don't see any games without at least one point for the rest of the season, but of course, hoping for two. So. Sure. So. And no matter what, just battling. Certainly, you know, there might be some games you don't have it. Right. But the way you find yourself uh, getting out of that, we can't have these one and then two and then three and then finding yourselves down. So. Right. Yeah, they have. Right uh, now we're good. Yeah. you say, Like the, the worrisome stretches were 
you know, they have four loss, four regulation losses against uh, the bottom seven teams in the NHL. But then they go out and they beat the top four teams in a span of 14 days. That was I was like, is this Crazy. what is going on? So, yeah, you You're just got about it. You got to hope that they yeah, they they don't play down to the level of the competition. I don't think they will, especially at home. Uh, I think they're going to be a good road team and um, and really answer the bell on the road. Like Elaine Vigneault has said, it, teams play the right way at home and on the road. There's not a road way to play or a home way to play. There's the right way to play. Uh, if they come out and dictate things on the road, um, I think they're fine. But the division's very competitive. They're going to be playing a lot of divisional games. Uh, so it, it's, you know, they control their destiny, and that's a positive. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, We'll finish off. Today. Yeah, we'll wrap this it up. This is good. This is good. This is fun. We're ready for more <laughs> hockey. We don't want to wait a few more days for a game. We gotta wait until Thursday. No, no, we, no we're to ready do to do this. Um, but yeah, it's certainly gonna be a, a very busy month of no, uh, did I almost really just say November? November of February. You just missed November. It's it a, a good month for the Flyers. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> One more thing. I was like, you know, over Plus at Allen in uh, Bundy last night, and I was like, you know. I can't believe we're already in February. I am sure you could agree, but yeah, we've said that time too. just flies when you're having fun. Time I looked flies at when Al, you're having fun. I looked at Chris Terran and I was just like, you guys, this is so fun. Can you believe your first season in Colby Philly too. is almost done, Katie? Time well, not flies. almost done, but like, I feel like it was just I know, yesterday it's that we were meeting at training camp, and now we're, what, 29 games left, I think? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of crazy. And you still haven't introduced me to your golden retriever, but you know what? It, whatever it is, it'll it'll happen soon. I'm hoping it's going to have to happen. Um, Charlie, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> He's listening with a um, toy, so he'll bring <laughs> it to you. Um, no, so yeah, we have to do that. We'll we'll link up with that. Maybe we'll watch a Flyers game. On, yeah, we'll, heck yeah. We're working every game. Well, but. we know the the fans will be watching the Flyers. Um, we hope you continue to cheer on this team. Lots Absolutely. of positivity for them. Hopefully, it goes forward into the end of the regular yes. season. That's gonna be it. For us, thank you for listening on Flyers Talk. I'm Katie Emmer. And I'm Jordan Hall. Rate us, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and we look forward to seeing you next time.